Welcome to Mo's 15, the next episode. Ever since JFK famously asked Americans not to ask what their country could do for them, but what they could do for their country, the United States government has been recruiting and sending Americans to serve in the United States Peace Corps. In 2010, the United States government gathered 71 Americans and sent them to the country of Mozambique to be what is now known as Mose 15. This is the aftermath of Mose 15. It's been over 10 years. What is everybody up to? Listen to find out. I'm James Gomes, and joining me for the first episode is... My name is Arielle Lathan. What else do you want me to say? Yeah, uh, site, location, province, and Okay. Job. I'm Arielle Lathan. My site location was Angonia. Tet was my province, and I was a teacher trainer. Amanda was my site mate, or yeah, my housemate. And for any, any listeners that maybe have a little cloudy me- memory... How would you describe yourself 10 to 12 years ago? Mm, Okay. For the people who heard my name and cannot put a face to a picture, uh, my name, my, I was a a black girl, a black woman. I have, I did not have, I had braids in um, the beginning. And then I would, and then they were like, they were like long and they were, and then later I, I got rid of them and I had little short braids and I wore glasses and um, sometimes I wore contacts. And then for people who remember what I look like, but don't remember anything about me, I was probably more on the shyer end. Um, Sometimes I think uh, I, uh, someone made an inside joke that I was, what was it? Someone told me that I was like, I was always like, I could read a book. Like I could read a person like a book in like a few seconds. That was like a couple of people told me that. Um, and uh, you probably didn't you, see me get too crazy because I didn't drink or smoke or do drugs. <laughs> I was going to add that. I, <laughs> yeah. I especially liked when you were around because after 11 o'clock or so, you were still sober. Yeah, that's true. That's true. That was me. Okay. In 60 seconds or so, what have you been up to the last 10 years? Oh my gosh. Okay. So we come back to this. Are you going to time me? I'm not going to time you. Oh, come on. That would would be okay. Okay. Fine. So much more fun. Okay. I'll time you and I'm going to cut you off at 60 seconds. Okay. Let's go. Go. All right. I became a preschool teacher right after the Peace Corps. I traveled a lot. I um, did a lot of solo travel. I dated a lot. I did not get married. I did not have kids, but I transferred. I changed careers and now I'm not a teacher anymore. I work in the film industry and that's my life. Nice. That was 20 seconds. All right. Oh my God. Yeah. (laughs) We are going to continue with some rapid fire questions. You already... um knocked off a couple of them first one would you do peace corps again i would do peace corps again but i would only do it if i had a uh, partner with me doing it 
what three words would you describe your experience as? Or what, what three oh words would best describe your experience? I looked, at this, I looked at this question last night and I could not think of a word. The one word that came up in my mind was dust. There was a lot of dust, a lot of dirt. Um, I would also say there was a... Uh... All right, that's good enough. Dust is a good one. What, <laughs> what interest do you have now that would be most surprising 10 years ago? What interest do I have now that would be most surprising 10 years ago? Oh, I don't know. Like, I didn't think that I would be uh, doing what I do now. Um, I wanted to do what I would I do now, which is like working in um, TV and film. Um, but I'm so I think that would be the most surprising. I I am super into puzzles which is not something that I was into back then. I, what else do I do? Um, I'm not surprised by either of those. Really? Wait, I I did talk about movies a lot, but I didn't know that I was going to be like, you know, like I read scripts for fun now. Like I wasn't doing that back then. And like, um, okay, that's a good one. Reading scripts for fun. Yeah. All right. What do you miss most about Mozambique? Um, I missed going to market days. What do you miss? miss Okay. No. Yeah. What What do you miss least about Mozambique? Um, I do not miss. Um, I guess I could say bucket baths. I don't miss that, and I don't miss my shower that I had in Mozambique because, like, you, it, I was never comfortable. Could you imagine going to the shower every day for two years and not being comfortable in your own shower? Like, it was horrible. I. I used your shower, but I don't remember anything about it. <laughs> no, I think it was like, yeah, you, I don't know. Like, I feel like when people came to our shower, like, wow, you have a shower that's like inside. But for me, it was, I would have rather had a shower outside. I mean, I would have rather, yeah, you know, I would have rather had like a bucket bath thing outside. I would have felt better about that. All right. What are a few things that you did in Mozambique that you would never or rarely do now? Oh, man. Um, I probably, I rarely cook from scratch anymore, make things from scratch anymore. Um, I do not have a full on garden that I had before. Um, but I would still do those things, but I just don't have as much time in the day and I don't have the space or the place for a garden. And, uh, you know, I'm not, there's not as much leisure time in my life as there was back then. So there's not as much time to do, you know, lots of reading all day long and things like that. Um, uh, that's, that's what I would probably say. All right. So you've had no marriages, no divorces and no offspring. No. How many cats do you have? I don't have any cats. And how many jobs have you had? Have I had since at Mozambique? Yep. Uh, Rough estimate so is okay. One, two, three, four, five, six. I'm starting a new job next week. So that's six. How many cities have you lived in? Two cities. I lived in um, Los Angeles, which is where I was born and raised. But then I lived in Atlanta for a, a little, about a year. And did you live in the other countries? I did not. 
I've not lived in any of the countries. I've traveled a lot, but that's about it. And so you're back in LA now. I'm back in LA in Studio City. Um, I moved back from Atlanta about um, in November. And so I'm kind of still getting on my feet um, here. So I'm back in my parents' home, enjoying it as much as I can until I get my place. Who was the last Peace Corps volunteer you saw? Um, Believe it or not, I think it was Drew. I was like, I was in Denver in 2000, in May of 2021. Uh, My boyfriend at the time and I took a trip and uh, I told Drew I was there and he was like, you have to come over. You have to meet my family. (laughs) And we went over there and it was so nice. I loved his family. It was really it felt really wonderful to be there. And um, we didn't stay long. And I kind of wish we had stayed longer. Um, and yeah, that was the last Peace Corps person I saw. All right, who was the last Peace Corps volunteer you spoke to? I actually spoke to Mona two days ago. It was we had a good little catch up. That's not good because she hasn't re- responded to my text message. So I'll to... oh, no, I'm going to text her and yeah, be like, definitely. girl, you better do it. Okay, when was the last time you you uh, text, spoke, or saw, and or saw a Mozambican? Mm, so I... Um, or a person my, from Mozambique. Yeah, so my ex from Mozambique, who has a really cool story, he like, um, basically, he grew up in Barada, um in in Beira in in Barada on that that island I think Patricia was um Patricia was there and he was like he loved he met Peace Corps volunteers growing up and then we met when he was in Angonia going to school and you know we started dating and he just loved the Peace Corps so much and he wanted to come to America and all that kind of stuff and we didn't end up staying together or anything and I did not help him get to America but he got on, he got to America all on his own. He found like, uh, like some organizations that took him around the world and he worked with them in different countries. And then he eventually got accepted into a school in uh, Harrisburg, Virginia. And he called me when he got here and he's like, I made it, I did it. And I was like, you're awesome. So um, I talked to him on like around February in February, cause that's when his birthday is. And uh He's doing his thing and learning all about like American culture. And it's crazy because there's so much he doesn't know. He didn't know about Google. He didn't know about like Venmo. He didn't know about any of these things, obviously. And it was it. so it's like, I'm like, you call me for anything. Like be, you know, be careful out here. <laughs> um, and he's staying with a homestay family and everything. And uh, he's doing well. That's a really cool story. We might come back yeah. to that. Yeah. All right. So now, so now we're getting into some, some of the juicy stuff, hopefully. Oh yeah. What was was the worst thing you did or the most trouble you could have gotten into define uh, worst or trouble, however you want to Mm -hmm. while you were in Moe's. So I'm a pretty, I'm a goody two shoes. So I don't like to do a lot of bad things. Um, but the, but I had, um, bad things. I don't, I'm like, I don't want to get in trouble. Like that's my whole thing, but when I was dating my 
the guy I was seeing in Mozambique, uh, he was, you know, he was a student. He didn't live in the IEP, IF, IEP, IFP, IFP was it called, was it what it was called? Um, and uh, my, the principal of the IFP or the director did not like that I was dating him. Um, and so he, he was, he was basically trying to find any reason to get rid of me, but he couldn't find a reason to get rid of me because the Peace Corps wasn't good at like, because I was there for free and the Peace Corps wasn't. So he would like, he kept trying to like catch me in things and, um, and trying to get me, I don't know, find a reason to get me fired basically. And, uh, so he would like, he like called the Peace Corps on me and all this kind of stuff. And I remember Sergio was coming by our, was in the province and like came by just to say hello to us. And he was like, listen, this guy's kind of out to get you. So just be careful. But um, anyway, there was like one day where I went to go meet a friend. My friend was coming to visit on uh, Concelio Sinotas, like on that day she was coming. And I was like, I'm, I got to meet her in Malawi. I can't like let her try to travel to Mozambique alone. So I told him I'd be back, you know, in three hours. I'm going to miss like the beginning of, of, you know, of the note session or whatever. And I actually missed the whole thing. And um, he like, I, they had like an hour left and I tried to go in. He was like, no, you can't come in. And I was like, fine. Um, and then basically on um, the last day, like the day I was leaving to leave uh, Angonia for good, he, uh, you know, you're, you were supposed to send like a letter your director's supposed to write a letter about you or whatever. And like Peace Corps gave us this sheet where it's like, talk about your experience with your person or whatever. And he gave it to me literally as I'm walking out the door to leave Angonia for good. And, and like a couple of, you know, my friends are there. My boyfriend, he wasn't my boyfriend at the time, but he was still my friend. My friend was there. Uh, another um, colleague of mine was there. And like, I was like, you got, you, and it was a full, it was in a letter. And I was like, I gotta, read what's in this letter. Like I can't take it to Peace Corps and be so I opened it up and I read it and he just wrote hella bad shit about me. And there was <laughs> nothing. And really it was just like she had a boyfriend and she missed Concelia de Notas. And I was like, okay, I'm not giving this to Peace Corps. So I think I feel like I talked to Amanda about it. And she was just like, fuck that. My person didn't fill it out. Why don't we like you just take my empty one. And when you get to, cause I think I was meeting, I don't remember. I think I was meeting somebody somewhere and she was like, take mine and then like make a copy of it and just give that to Peace Corps. <laughs> so like, that was the baddest thing I did. I like copied the paper, did not give what the act director actually said and gave an empty paper to Peace Corps. Um, that was literally the worst thing I did, but, yes, and I, I didn't feel bad about it. Yeah. I don't remember having a piece of paper at all. I don't think, I don't think my director did one. Yeah, most directors didn't. Of course, mine did. <laughs> okay, how did Peace Corps or how did your Peace Corps experience change you? Oh my God. Um, so it's interesting. So my reason for doing the Peace Corps, my reason for um, my original reason for going to the Peace Corps was I wanted to I wanted to learn what my ancestors wanted to teach me that I didn't get to learn because of slavery and all that. And so I originally wanted to go to Africa um, for a year and I couldn't find a place that had everything I wanted for one year. And so 
the Peace Corps was the only option. And I was like, all right, I'm just going to go for two years and see what my ancestors wanted me to learn. And um, I feel like what I learned from that, so, so I always think about that, you know, like, what did it, what did it give me? Um, and it really taught me about, um, like, being in these communities. I learned so much about, like, there was so much warmth and an openness with your neighbor, with your, I mean, from what I saw around me, um, and, uh, people were just so accepting of, of me being, you know, being, being there. Um, and there was so much like, there wasn't all goodness, but like, there was just, I want, I, I wanted to go into to like take that, what I take, take what I learned in the Peace Corps, which was basically like trying to be open to strangers, not like, not in an ignorant way, but like, you know, when, when I see someone on the street, I can smile at them. I can like, I don't have to like look down at the floor and like, pretend like I don't see them. I can say good morning. I can, um, I try to keep an open heart so that like, you know, I, I seem like someone that's approachable. Um, and if someone asks for help, I can help them, you know? Um, and, uh, I try to do that in like, in every aspect of my life and it's, and I'm an introvert. So like, that's not always easy for me to do. Um, but I think that's what Mozambique taught me. And I, and I think that, you know, I mean, that's part of my piece of work experience because I was in Mozambique. Um, and, uh, yeah. Yeah, that's good. I think we should, uh, we should probably all try and try and do that more. <laughs> yeah. If you, if you woke up tomorrow morning and it was day one of training in Namasha, what do you think you would do different? Oh my God. I would do so much different, honestly. I, no, I don't know. I, I feel like I did, um, a day one of training. Wow. Um, yeah, so here's your options. Leave or do no, it again. I would, <laughs> I would, I would do it. I would do it again. Um, but I think I would try, I mean, I'm such a different person than I was back then that like, I would be way more like open and like, like, I would try to do more to really be a part of the culture in a way that I feel like I wasn't. Um, and yeah, I would just, I would have tried harder. I think tried harder to learn the language, tried harder to like, I don't know, just, um, be a part of the community a little more, maybe, um, that's how I feel. Yeah. Okay, so do you have do you have any uh, real juicy fafoka that you can share? Peace Corps feuds. Um, no need to use names if you know if if you don't feel that that person oh, would man. like you to use their name. I I feel like the fafoka I think of I really don't want to share because I feel like um, I don't know I don't I I feel like I want to take it to my grave. So to briefly hijack your story, th- <laughs> that was one of the things that I was really interested in before I started doing this. I was, I was, um, I've, I've thrown around the idea of writing a novel about uh-huh. a Peace Corps volunteer in Mozambique. Uh-huh. And so I was like, oh, I need to get a hold of everyone and just be like, Hey, just give me, just give me like the worst stuff. Don't even tell me who it was, but just give me the worst stuff. 
And so that Can I was just one give of the it things... to you like privately and not do yeah. it on the oh, podcast. Absolutely. 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 That, uh, then, then I at least still get what I want. So. Yeah. Okay. Um, yes. And um, for anyone listening to this, who's planning on being interviewed, you can pass any and all questions completely. Okay. To pass any and all questions. Yeah. Okay. I'll take that pass and I'll, uh, I'll bug you again later. What mm-hmm. is something you wish you knew before you left Mozambique? Before I left, huh? Um, oh, I think about this all the time. I wish I wrote down my homestay mother's number. I have not called her and talked to her since I left. My phone died as soon as I got back. And I just was like, oh, I'll, I'll, I'll retrieve the number from it. I'll retrieve the number from it. And I never did. I don't know where the phone is. And I have not. It was interesting. Like my experience after leaving Mozambique was very like, I was like, I don't know. Like for a lot of people, they were really sad. I was like, I didn't want to think about it for a while until a few years later. So I was like, I didn't want to open the phone. I didn't want to talk to anybody from like from in Mozambique. I don't know why. I don't know why I felt that way, but I was just like, Ooh, like I need a break from that part of my life. So I never opened my phone up. It, I never got the number from my homestay family and um, don't know where that phone is today. And I've not spoken to her, which, and I guess in some ways it's like, Oh, you know, um, maybe that's kind of, cool being in a world where you can contact and find anybody to be able to not find someone is like an interesting thing. You know, I thought maybe I'd find uh, my homestay sister on Facebook by now or something. I have not found anybody. So that's my only thing. All right. Maybe you, you kind of answered this in a previous question, but what lasting impressions does your Peace Corps experience have on you today? Well, I'm now I'm going to talk about the Peace Corps as a like organization. Okay. Like I, I remember I didn't know what it was. And I had a few friends who were like, who thought it was kind of whack that I was going. And I wasn't sure. Like, I was like, oh my God, am I going to be like participating in like colonization in some weird way? Like, I remember I was worried and all my friends were worried that that's what I was going to be doing. And I was like, oh my God, now today I'm like, dude, Peace Corps is awesome. Like everybody should do it. Like now Peace Corps is even more flexible. Like you can come for six months, a year. Like you don't have to do the whole two years. And I think everyone should do it. I think it's such an amazing experience to have. Um, you know, if you have a really fairly great experience, I know some people haven't always had great experiences. So for them, obviously it may not have been great, but um, for me, it was wonderful. And you can also apply to specific jobs and locations. I know. Isn't that crazy? We couldn't do that when we, yeah, we weren't the last of the, of that, but we, we couldn't do that for us. All right. So let's, let's maybe wrap up your, your service. Is there anything else you would like people to know about your service? One thing I'm really proud of is I, uh, a volunteer before me helped a man and a woman um, get a building for a preschool for a pe- for a preschool. And then when I was there, I helped them get a second building. And um, but one of the, the things I was most proud of is I was talking to the 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 owner of the preschool and I was like, you know, your yard, you know, you need some like fun things for kids to do, like a slide or uh, you know, 
swings and you have, you know, there's so many like recycled materials around Angonia. I, I bet you could find something to make, make those things out of. And I was like showing pictures and all this kind of stuff. And like, he made it, he made a slide, he made a, a huge slide. He made like some stuff with, uh, with tires. Uh, and then later he showed me like a picture of like, kind of like a little tree house he kind of built for the kids. Um, and I was really proud of that. I was really proud that he like heard me and like did it. And like, you know, I was able to help contribute to this, like this making of this preschool. And it's because of that preschool that like working at that preschool part-time that it made me realize that I was like, oh man, I really want to just like focus on preschool education for um, the next part of my life. And yeah. Now you, you were teaching kindergarten before Peace Corps. Is that right? Yes. Good is memory. It, yes. But it seems like uh preschool is a demotion from kindergarten. Demotion. I yeah, mean, at least, so at least like, here, there, here's the thing about preschool. Preschool does not get the love and the, um, the appreciation kindergarten, historically kindergarten used to be preschool. Like mm-hmm. that's how it was designed. It was designed in a way that pre- the preschool is now. And so now preschool kindergarten is considered, you know, elementary school and preschool is like literally the preschool. Um and so we're basically well I'm not a teacher anymore, but we teachers preschool teachers are basically teaching kids how to get ready to be in school. So it's like a, so it doesn't get the appreciation and love. And it's also not totally required. Um, so it doesn't get, it doesn't get the pay. It doesn't get the appreciation. It doesn't get any of that. Um, but it, it's a really, it's really kids love it because it's pretty amazing. A great preschool. It's a really awesome place to be. And if only, and honestly, it would have been much harder for me to leave if um, the pay was better, unfortunately. Okay. I have a question about Atlanta. So did you, did you actually move to Atlanta or were you in Atlanta because you were working on something? I was in Atlanta because I was working on something. So, uh, I was, it felt like I moved there, but my address, my, like my mail was still coming to LA. Okay, so uh, I did look you up on IMDb. Oh my God, I don't have an IMDb. <laughs> yes, you yet. do. You you have you have a couple credits on there. I know. I it's not it's not good yet. I I looked at my IMDb and I was kind of like I wanted to change it and I don't know how to change it. I don't know if you have control over that. I know. I have to figure it out. So um, yes, I didn't watch any of the things that that you're credited on, but yeah, the ratings did not look that good. <laughs> i know they weren't I, terrible um, they weren't absolutely terrible but you know i know so that i think that's respectable so so what so what are you most proud of that you've done in the film industry so far when, when did you well, start like, like so so just to now? be just to be fair no to be okay. fair i started um i am still i am not anybody in the film industry let's just start there i started writing when i was like in my thirties, or actually I was writing before that. I actually wrote, I started trying to write a script in Mozambique and like stopped. Um, but I started writing like in a few years ago when I was teaching and then finally, uh, decided to make a little short film. Um, 
and then after that put that in some festivals um and then kind of made the decision to officially move over but like I didn't really know what I wanted to do so the first thing I did was um I like was a production assistant on a short film that was made in COVID that my sister was directing and acting in. And then I, after that, I was like, yeah, this is what I like. I want to be a part. I want to make a bigger movie, you know? And then I um, got to assist a director for a Paramount film called on the come up, which is on Paramount plus. And uh, after that, I got a job to a showrunner for a uh, Marvel show, a Marvel series that will be coming out in probably the fall at some point. Um, so that was really cool because I'm not the biggest Marvel fan. Like I haven't been like, ooh, hard, hardcore Marvel, but it was really exciting to like be a part of that world because you really see like the hard work they put into creating these movies. Um, and they're, you know, everybody that works in Marvel is like die hard, like, huge fan was reading comics was like, you know, and they, uh, and so it was, it was wonderful to be a part of a team that was so passionate because that, and I think that really inspired me to want to produce because, uh, the two producers on the show were two young women and they were just fucking kicking ass. And so I was, so I don't, I don't want to say I'm proud of myself, but I, I would, cause I haven't, I wasn't, I haven't done anything that yet, but I would say I was really it inspired me to want to produce. So now I'm on this like path to wanting to produce movie or TV. And, uh, recently just got a job with Disney working for a, uh, um, under a EP who will be, um, who has a show in production. The show is the proud family. Um, which is an animation show on Disney plus. Um, but he also has a development deal. So I'll be able to like learn about the development um, of projects. And that's exactly what I want to do. Like, I want to learn about that stuff and be a part of it and be like in the room. So I'm really excited about that, but um, well, I'm very much that in the beginning awesome. stages of my new career. <laughs> now for yeah. people that, that don't know myself included, what's, what are the biggest differences between a writer, creator, producer, and director? Uh, okay. So a writer obviously writes, but when, if there's like, I'm learning so much about the process. So if you want to be a writer, like you, there's like different stages. Like there's like writer's assistant, which is like the lowest. Then there's like script coordinator, which is like the second one. Um, and you basically get to be in the writer's room. And then if you ever get a script sold or whatever, or you make something and you get an agent, then you can basically like start applying for jobs as a writer, um, in a room. And then if you create a show, then you become a showrunner, and then you get to pick the writers in the writer's room. You get to pick the script coordinator. You get to pick the, the things you get to help pick the director and, that's usually on a TV show and a movie. It's all about the director. So they're like looking for hiring the director. The producers are looking to hire a director who then, you know, usually comes with a script. Um, but the writer is not as involved and a director is helping create the vision of the film um, and, and in TV too, but their, their job is bigger in a, in a film and they get to um, create the vision, help pick the, 
help hire everybody that involved the costume designer, the DP, the like, you know, all the people. Um, and then what was the other one you wanted to know? Producer. Producer. Uh, a producer is basically like um, the boss. But what I'm learning is that there's producers who can like produce their own independent films. Um, right. You got to find the money. You got to find the people to hire. Uh, you got to find the story. Um, or you can be, which is kind of the route I'm going in. Um, I'm not saying I'll never independently produce, but is basically get hired by a huge company like a Disney or a Paramount or a Universal to produce their movies and shows and help find material. Um, and then you're kind of like under a big studio so that you're like, your payment is consistent. Whereas like independent producers are more like they're trying to find the money because they may not always have it until they become really established. Does that help? Do, yeah. do you feel like you got it? Yeah. So your, so your goal is pretty much to be in charge of putting all the pieces together to make a great show or film. Yeah, exactly. And then people with with the right money, they they just give you money like, oh, you got to put me as a producer. And then they get to say they're a producer. But actually all they yes. really do is have money uh, or like a famous name. Yeah, exactly. Like that can happen too. So like sometimes you'll see like, I don't know why Brad Pitt's coming up, but he's like, you can see his name on a lot of movies now. Oh, yeah. Brad and Pitt's it, probably and, produced like 50 movies last week. You know, he just, yeah. He just and the, the truth is, there. is that like he could be giving the money. He also has a production company. So his production company, you know, he might have someone under him who's like looking or if he's really passionate about the project, he may like uh, a good example in Marvel the higher the the I'm I'm forgetting his name right now. I'm sure somebody will think of it. But basically like the Drew is so disappointed in you right now. I know the creator of Marvel, right? Like he Stan Lee? Na- no, 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 not okay. Stan Lee. Sorry. The creator of the movie franchise, the movie and the shows. Yeah, sorry, I can't help you. But yeah. Hold on, hold on. Wait, wait, can you like <laughs> pause this? Uh pause it. Okay, we'll get it. We'll do it. Kevin Fahi. Fahi. Basically, he's like a producer on it. And so he's not in like in the room every day. But, you know, for something big, like a huge character, he's going to like weigh in on that. Right. Like so hiring someone. Oh, we're between these two people. What do you think? They'll go to him. Right. So it's it's not saying that it's just the money or that they're just like putting their name on it. Sometimes they want to have a say on certain things like they might be like, I, you know, I trust everybody here. But when you hire the director, I want to be a part of that. Or when you hire like the costume designer, I want to be a part of that kind of thing. It all depends. There's so many different hats when it comes to producers. Is there anything else you would like to share with us? Mm. Um, I don't know. I want to, I want there to be a Mose 15 reunion. You don't look like you no, feel no, no, the no, no. same okay, way. So I, no, no, no. That's that. That was not my look at all. I, <laughs> uh, I just had this idea yesterday. Should should Helen and I do a wedding and we'll just make it like a a Mo's fifteen reunion? But like, uh, imagine. Yeah. Oh wait, that's what I want people to know. Okay, I just want to know, married. James. How do you remember um, connecting with Helen? How do I remember it? Yeah. Well, this isn't, this isn't my interview, Ariel. I so. know, but like, 
because I just want to know how you remember it because the way I remember it. Okay. Why don't you tell us how you remember it? The way I remember it is you were, I was like talking to you and you were sad about a person that was not working out into the dating world. And then I was in another room and Helen was like, I think James is cute. And I was like, oh, and I just remember going to you. I don't remember going to you, but I know I went to you. And I was just like, listen, Helen's billing you. And then the next thing I know, you guys were dating. Yeah, that's that's not that's not too far off from my from my memory. Yeah. I think I so that was our mid service. Yeah. A few weeks before that, when when our schools had breaks and everyone was kind of traveling around and going back to the U.S. I didn't go to the U.S., but I had I had traveled to Namasha with Vivian and Helen. Mm. And then and before that. It was me, Mark and Eden, and we were kind of just hopping beaches and then Helen had traveled down. Actually, so so that happened first. Helen had traveled down to meet up with Eden and we hung out in Tofu for like a weekend. And mm-hmm. then me, her and Vivian traveled together to Namasha to see our host families. So yeah, so there was there, there was a stretch there where I was hanging out with Helen. Mm, so it wasn't like out of nowhere. It's not as out of nowhere as you thought. Yeah. But I'm so glad I heard that though. But did you know, did you guys know, did you like, were you like, oh, the the plan is I'm going to like start dating Helen or had you guys already started? No, she was dating someone else at the time. Mm. Well, I'm just so happy to, I'm so happy for the both of you. (laughs) And totally, you should totally have a wedding. Well, we, we already kind of had one, one wedding. We had a Korean wedding. Oh. Wow, how was that? As in like, it was so now once again I'm hijacking this conversation. And <laughs> someone's gonna in, in, interview me, interview me for mine. I was thinking that maybe I should do mine first, but we already have you first. But uh, I know. Wait, who's gonna interview you? I don't know. You want to do it? I can do it. Okay. Yes. Uh, so so uh, we weren't gonna have a wedding to hijack a little bit more, and then her her parents like, I guess this is standard in the Korean uh, church, at least they have a notebook of all the people whose kids they've given money to over the years from the church and whatnot. Uh And so they're like, no, you guys are having a wedding. We need to get our money back. They have (laughs) just going through the church list, all the people left the church. And so there's, there's all these Korean people I'd never met in my entire life. I only had one friend that, that, because this was last minute, you know, I invited a handful of people that were within driving range. Yeah to come maybe like a week before before the actual wedding so uh-huh. I had one friend there he happened to be Chinese so like there's the one white person that was there was like a boyfriend of someone that Helen or like a girlfriend of someone Helen knew there wasn't a so like there's two white people at the oh, wedding Oh wow um, all Koreans and a couple chi- Chinese people <laughs> that's amazing and, and, that, and, and, and how we, was the, and, what's like and, the tradition uh, like was pretty cool um, no, I mean, it was pretty much a Christian, uh, like it was in a church. It was in mm-hmm. her family. Uh, her uncle's a pastor. So he married us. Um, he actually, he manipulated and forced me into joining the Christian, Christian faith. So I had to, I had to get baptized oh, wow. by him. Oh yeah. And, uh, and the whole thing was in Korean and 
uh, because it was at their church, didn't cost us any money. I think we bought a cake and we catered and we probably prof- profited like six or 7,000 bucks. Wow. Her parents finally got, got some money back to the family. Oh, that's great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was like one of those things, like her parent, when her parents found out we weren't having a wedding, they're like, no, 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 no. They like got on the phone. Like, nope, you're getting married next weekend. Okay. We, uh, Amazing. We yeah. 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 <laughs> I love that. I love that. They did that. That's great. How exciting. Well, yeah. If you need, if you need someone to interview you, I would be happy to do it. Okay. You have to be hardcore on me though. Oh, I will be. Okay. All right. And then, and for listeners, this is episode one. There's a good chance that this might be the standard format. The person talks and at the end, they end up tricking me into, into sharing a bunch of stuff. So, <laughs> or not tricking, you know, I've been eagerly just waiting. To I talk know. A lot. I'm so glad that I talked to you today. Mo's 15 listeners, you can be next. Reach out to me if you're unsure how to reach out to me. Facebook. I'm definitely on Facebook. I'm going to be checking it more often. Uh, I have an email address. I'm should I should I just do a blast? I have like 60 something emails. Should I just blast them all now? Totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I probably should. Okay, so you'll probably you, you'll probably get my email before you hear this. Yay! I'm so glad. Hi, Ariel. Thank you. I got no I got problem. a couple scheduled for uh, for, for next week. So okay, spoiler. We got we got Vivian. And Barbara coming up next. That's great. Okay, cool. All right. Bye. Thanks again. Bye. Hey, Mo's fam. This is Shane from Mo16. Shamoyu. James was very generous to give me a minute here to speak about Friends of Mozambique, which is a 501c3 nonprofit founded by Mo's RPCVs is a way of continuing to make a positive impact in Mozambique post-Peace Corps service. The most important thing that we do is fund small grants to community groups in Mozambique. Projects have ranged from everything from teaching girls to code to youth empowerment through soccer. As a small organization, we are very intentional about choosing small, always less than $1,500, but impactful projects to get the most bang for our donors' buck. The best thing about Friends of Moz is that 100% of donations go directly to projects in Mozambique. We have essentially zero overhead and have a great board, including former country director Carl Swartz, Peace Corps staff Ophelia Shuva, and uh, several RPCVs who you may know. If you want to learn more about Friends of Mo's, go to friendsofmozambique.com. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram. We're not on the TikTok yet, but maybe one day. You can learn more about our projects and make a donation if you are able. We guarantee your donations. We'll be making a huge impact in Mozambique. Um, thanks, everyone. Estamos juntos.